Welcome to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. Every week, she's bringing inspiring guests to help you embrace motherhood the cool mom way. Emily knows firsthand being a mom is hard AF, but she's passionate that doesn't need to be the end of the story. Shift your perspective on what it means to be a mom while learning practical tips and mom hacks you can use right away. Stay you while nailing the mom game. That's what being a cool mom is all about. Class is now in session. Here's your host, Emily Kylo. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Cool Mom 101. We are here for season two, and I'm so excited to bring you all these great new episodes with some amazing guests. And today's episode is no exception. For episode 11, I am chatting with Carly Pynchon. And Carly is a mom of two little boys, and they are one and two years old. That's right, 11 months apart. She is a work-from-home mama who's a regional VP with Arbonne, while also running her own fitness and nutrition biz on the side, as if she uh, needed you know, some extra things to do with her all her spare time. <laughs> Carly is also um, such a great person to follow on Instagram for fitness inspiration. That's actually how I originally got to know her a little bit was through her um, Instagram. So for this episode, we are chatting why putting yourself first is the best thing you can do for your family. Reframing your expectations around fitness and motherhood and kind of looking at things as a season of life as opposed to what your life is just going to be like forever. We also chat why kids and not just boys or girls, so why all kids um, should be helped to express their emotions in healthy ways. And on that vein, why doing the personal growth work and knowing what your emotional triggers are before you have kids will be really beneficial to how you deal with your own children's emotions. And lastly, we touch on the experience of having a premature baby, including how it affected Carly's bonding experience with that baby and having babies within a year. We talk about that experience as well. And lastly, we touch on how she's loving the Arbon biz, including um, a few of her favorite things about working for the company. So thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, as always, you can find me on Instagram at cool.mom.101 and love to chat there. And I hope you like this episode. Let's get to it. Here is episode number 11, which is the first of season number two with Carly Pynchon. Thank you so much for being here, Carly. We are going to jump right into the mom sessions. What is the best part of being a mom? I, I honestly think it's, it's just reliving almost your whole life again through your kids. Like it is the coolest thing ever. Just like their excitement and their everything. It's so awesome being able to just watch through their eyes. Totally. Yeah. I love that part too. Right. Cause it's like being a kid was so fun and now you get to do it again. Totally. <laughs> they do bring, I think if you let it, yeah. a, a lightness. Oh, totally. Right. Yeah. If you can get on that level, it's like. 
Yeah. Things are cool. Things yeah. are fun. The curiosity. Yeah. yeah. I love that part. Totally. What do you think is, um, there's probably a lot, but what's one of the hardest lessons you've learned from motherhood? Um, maybe control and just protecting them. Like you want to protect them from everything, but you can't like stuff's going to happen that you can't stop. Right. And even like people being mean to your kid or like someone hitting them and you're like, but you can't do anything about it. And it happens. Totally. Just doing your best to kind of protect them from what you can, but knowing that like life happens and you just kind of have to raise them through it. Totally. Yeah. And because the thing is, you're not always there anyway. So exactly. Even if you could stop certain things in the moment, you can't always be there. But totally. That's totally true. I'm psycho a bit. It's like, no, I need to be like making sure they're fine. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I'm a, I I call myself a recovering perfectionist. So that type of control has actually been, um, a hard lesson for me too. Yeah. The idea that I, I can't control like what yeah. they're going to do. I know it sounds yeah. really bad, but, um, you know, I can't control exactly what we're just talking about. Um, your little one's napping. Like yeah. I can't control yes. like when he's needs sleep or right. when he's going to eat. Yeah, or, you, you just, plan. you can't like if you've been you a major planner go. and then you have babies, it's like, <laughs> no, life doesn't work on your schedule anymore. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you could tell your past <clears throat> mom self, so think back to like, when you were just becoming a new mom before or once I was once you're a mom. So you're like a new mom. Okay. So knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself? Um, I feel like honestly, I did so much personal growth stuff before I was a mom that I think I was pretty calm once I became a mom. Um, compared to my old self, like, Oh my gosh, if I became a mom five years ago, I'd be scared for myself. But like, oh, I guess the biggest thing would be um, just kind of, again, like what you just said, like knowing you have to just go with the flow and like just knowing that you're going to be the best mom for your baby and just trusting yourself. Because I think so often like our power is taken away um, just by literature online and like resources and all these things and like other people's opinions. And then you think like, oh, well, what should I be doing? But it's like, if you just trust yourself, you know, you know how to be a mom. It's just in us. So I think that would be the best thing. It's like, yeah. avoid all the opinions and the stuff online and just do what you think is best. Cause that's all that matters. Just survive. Yeah. Just survive. And your, your instincts are yes. probably right. Yeah. I think that's what I've yeah. noticed too. Totally. Um, They're yeah. so powerful. Totally. Yeah. So finish the sentence. Okay. I like to talk to and I think you definitely embody this, but I like to, on the show, you know, talk to moms who um, still have really kept a lot of their own mm-hmm. interests and their own, like, core mm-hmm. um, to them, because mm-hmm. I think that's actually a really important lesson mm-hmm. to teach your kids as well. Right. So finish this sentence. I'm a badass mom and... <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm a badass mom and I feel like I'm just the absolute best mom for my kids. And I think just embodying, like, owning that who you are for your kids is the best. And I think so often we compare to other people and it's like, you have to still be you and care about yourself. And that's a big thing too, is like, you have to still do the things for you so you don't get lost in it. Because it's so easy to just get lost. And then all of a sudden you're miserable and you don't know why. And it's like, because you've completely lost you, right? So it's like owning that, but also knowing that because I think again like with social media too so much comparison to people thinking like 
and you get this online if you're online like oh my gosh why are you working out like pay more attention to your kid like fitness influencers get that all the time and it's just crazy because it's like that's something that's good for them and it's good for their kids to learn right I Mm -hmm. haven't really had this happen to me but um I just think there's so much judgment and so just knowing that like living your life in the best way for you is going to be the best thing for your kids too yes because a happy mom is so much more important than like I don't know being there all the time and then you're miserable yeah (laughs) and I I have seen that a lot yeah people I've even seen it years later yeah where they've been so in it. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying there's a right or wrong. I'm just saying yes. I've seen this happen where they've been so engrossed in their yeah. children's lives. And then five, six years later, they start, you know, maybe going to school full time. Yeah. And all of a sudden, these, especially moms, I think, are like, well, shoot. Yeah. Like, They're what? Lost. Yeah. Like, what yeah, about what? me now? Yeah. Totally. So I think it's really good to keep, keep a you lot of that. You need to keep your interests. And it keeps you happy for your family, like how often do we see people divorcing too and it's like if you completely lose yourself and make your kids your top priority always then your partner suffers you suffer and your kids ultimately end up suffering yes right Mm -hmm. it's like they're still obviously my kids I love them to death they're the most important thing to me sorry husband but they are I love them (laughs) I love them more like I just the love is so amazing but it's also knowing that like you have to prioritize those other things yep because I always remember like how old am I now? I was a baby. Do I care about my parents that much? I love them, but I'm not like hanging out with them 24 seven. So it's just knowing like that's going to come. And so just keep yourself the whole way through, you know? Totally. (laughs) So you kind of mentioned, um, a bit about fitness before, Mm -hmm. and I was wondering how did you get into fitness? Cause I think that's something that's been a big part of your life for a long time. I honestly started going to the gym when I was 14. So like, that's about when I started. Yeah. Fitness has been a huge part, but I think when I was 14, it was, how do I get skinny? And, like, I need to be the skinniest I can be, and, like, oh, my gosh, so work out and do cardio, because then it makes you skinny. And um, and then through university, I just started learning about strength and how good it felt to work out hard, and then mm-hmm. your body changed, and I was like, oh, my body looks better now that I eat more and I work and out. And stronger. And I'm stronger, yeah, <laughs> instead of, like, just doing cardio and trying to be skinny. And I felt better, too. And so... Um, fitness has always been important. And I think I learned like it was skinny in the beginning until I learned how good it felt to really push myself. Mm-hmm. And then I fell in love with that part of it. Mm-hmm. And then it just became like, I feel better. I'm way happier when I work out. So I know that. Mm-hmm. And it's learning that discipline and everything too, that comes along with it. And I think, I think that's why you hear so many successful people like talk about fitness because it teaches you the values you need to be successful in anything else. Cause it teaches you like that discipline and just doing things, even though you don't want to. Hard things. Yeah. Like you can do hard things. Yeah. And then you feel better after. Mm -hmm. And so it's that reward of after you do the hard thing, how good you feel. Yes. It's like that personal pride. Yeah. Which I think is really important um, to learn. And thinking back to what we just said too, how when you're doing the things Mm -hmm. you love, that trickles down to your kids. So you think about the lesson you're teaching your kids Mm -hmm. when they see you take care of your body. Right. Through fitness, that's what yeah. you love to do. Yeah. Uh, I think that's really powerful, too. Right. Because they see, oh, wow, like, my mom takes care of herself right. in this way that makes yeah. her feel good. Right. And I think that's, like, a really important lesson yeah. for them to learn, I mean, too. I think so often it's put on, like, caring about what you look like. But, like, that's just a byproduct of caring about your health. Yes. When you care about your health and you prioritize your health, yeah, your body looks better, usually. That's Typically. Just, that's just... As a human, that's what happens. Mm -hmm. If you're eating really well and you're exercising, which are two very important things to be healthy, 
um, yeah, your body usually looks better, but it's not always about the body. It's about how you feel, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that gets lost a lot of the time. And so I think, especially postpartum moms, sometimes they're like, well, I had a baby. And it like, they okay it, but it's like, okay, that's fine. Not that your body has to look like some supermodel. It doesn't matter about that. But it's sometimes I find I'm when I work with moms, they have almost accepted it, but are self-sabotaging their health along the way where it's like you still need to care about like putting good food in your body and exercising for your health not just about mm-hmm. how you look totally. and I think that kind of gets skewed sometimes when you become a mom because it's like well and other people that just give up because they look at their body and they're like ew so who cares and then they don't take care of their health right yeah. which yeah it's, it's too just, bad it's uh, I always tell people like forget like I sometimes teach them like don't look in a mirror for a month and just act because you're doing it for how you feel and then you just get healthier because it's not so much about what you look like mm-hmm. and it's more like you're focusing on how you feel. You know what it is for me too? It's that's the intention. Yeah. So it's like if your intention yeah. is, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having, you know, certain physical goals. Totally. I personally don't anymore yeah. because, <laughs> because of my, I had a very skewed relationship yeah. with food yeah. and what you were speaking about was too. exactly me. Yeah. I was like, I used to do, I was laughing to myself because I used to do like one hour of cardio. One hour, you guys. Yeah. For what? Yeah. Now it's so funny. I Mm -hmm. do like, you know, 20 minutes of intervals max, like, and and I'm dead and and it's great and I love it. You're like, whoa, 20 minutes. Hell it. And I literally (laughs) was thinking that last week I was like, I used to be on this thing for one hour. Like, what was I doing? But it was my intention at that time. Yeah. It was. I was like, how skinny can I look? Mm-hmm. Can I get a thigh gap? Like yeah. that, those are my goals. Yeah. And it's funny. I had a similar transformation where I, yeah. I went to like, I felt so kick-ass cause I I'm strong. And right. like when you work out, yeah. you get stronger. Right. And I loved that. Right. Um, and then I think becoming a mom, it shifted a little bit again and it was mm-hmm. already kind of going this way as I got older, mm-hmm. but especially after becoming a mom, it was like, Yes, I love that I'm getting stronger again. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. But it's for my mental health. Totally. Because I feel a thousand percent yeah. better when I go to the gym. For me right now, it's the gym. Yeah. Three times a week. Right. Like, at least. Like, that's yeah. my, where I feel better. Right. So, you don't want to forget about right. those other things that right. help by right. going to the gym or doing right. whatever your kind of exercise is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think what you just said, too, is so important because for me, like, I was... I competed in fitness competitions. I worked out three hours a day sometimes because I loved it and I had all the time Mm -hmm. in the world, seven days a week. Then I had babies. If I go two times, even once, I'm like, go me. Like, and so I just think for moms too, knowing even as a fitness person, like this is what I do. (laughs) I am not going to the gym seven days a week. I would love to, but like two little babies, I just, I know this is a season of my life where I'm Mm going to have my whole life to go back to the gym seven days a week. And it's okay. Like, give yourself grace. And, like, two, three days is, like, woohoo, killing it. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm so proud of myself. Oh, no. I've been doing three days for the last few weeks, and I'm, like, you're rocking it. Go me. Yeah. Like, that's amazing, (laughs) though, right? Like, and that's where, like, you have to just change what your goals are. Like, I don't know. And just be proud of yourself. Totally. Yes. So that's something I've noticed about you, and you speak about it um, on your social media sometimes, and I really it resonates with me and um, yeah. I really like it is the idea that your expectations can shift and mm-hmm. it's okay Yes, and it's good mm-hmm. because I think when I was a new mom, mm-hmm. I, I struggled with that for the first six, seven months. Yeah. 
I'm a year in now, just for context. But the first, like, half of the year, I was, like, very, um, I would say hard on myself Mm -hmm. because I had these expectations way up high over here that were just not attainable. Um, And I think shifting those expectations, and not, not in a way of, like, I'm giving up or you know, I don't care, but in just a way of understanding and accepting that, like you said, this is the season of life mm-hmm. where three days a week to the gym is kicking ass mm-hmm. and I should, you know, feel good about that. Right. Mm-hmm. And move on. I know. <laughs> so yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So speaking about fitness yep. and you have two babies, they're under two, right? Yep. Still. Yeah. Yep. I was like, I think it's still two under two. Yeah. So she has two babies under two. So how do you make it a priority even when it can't be like you said seven days a week three hours a day um time blocking is Mm -hmm. huge like sometimes I've gotten so busy that like if something's not in my calendar I think that I don't have to do it that day so I've started to time block it I've written it in my calendar so it's like oh right at this time I'm going to the gym so that I'm scheduled enough to be like okay, I have to go at this time. And we used to have child mining in our gym, and that was amazing. So me and my husband would go together, take the kids. They loved it because it was so much fun for them. And then that was, like, the easiest way. But even then, I still didn't go seven days a week, and I totally could have and had a break from my kids. Still didn't do it. So it's like, it doesn't matter. But now we don't have that. So um, it's usually alternating. And so I find, like, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to the gym at this time, and then he'll go later. Yeah. And so we just trade off. And it's just knowing Do teamwork and... Totally. Or if it's, like, opposite days, right? Sometimes, I think, again, with women postpartum, too, and, like, the whole dynamic with the dude is, like, sometimes guys don't get it unless you tell them straight up. So, like, I've found I've had to work with some moms and be, like, um, if he's, because, like, my husband goes to the gym every day, but I can never go because I don't have time. And I'm, like, okay, well, tell him you want to go to the gym three days a week and he can figure his life out or not go for those three days and you get to go. So it's just working together and knowing that sometimes you have to say exactly what you want because they do not read through the lines as males. Like, they don't. You know what, though? <laughs> I That's something I've learned mm-hmm. more and more. And that just goes for people in general. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if you don't specifically tell them yeah. what it is you need, what it is you want, they are not going to read your mind. No. So it's so much better when I have just fully been like, like what happened the last few weeks, I said, I need to go like three days a week and Mm -hmm. I make it happen. Mm -hmm. Whether it's asking like my mom to help if I want to go during the day or if it's like we said in the evening when he, my partner gets home from work and I just go straight to the gym. Yeah. Literally he comes home and I'm like, okay, bye. Yeah. And And so go do it for you. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Totally. Now speaking a bit about body image Mm -hmm. and how as someone who you know, has been very into fitness their mm-hmm. whole lives, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. How do you think motherhood and pregnancy kind of shifted your relationship to mm-hmm. your body or your body image? So again, the personal growth thing I had worked on so much before because I had binge eating disorder. So that was huge. That was pre-babies. So like binge eating, being in the fitness industry, having a completely distorted view of what people look like because that industry is so small but when you're in it you feel like that's everyone and then the comparison happens and so um after being in a really bad place I just did so much personal growth that just helped me realize too that like when I did the fitness competition I was like wait no one in my life treats me different no one loved me more they actually hated who I was so like 
huh, when I was like 20 pounds heavier, they liked me more. Weird. And then it just allowed me to see that like your image in your head of like a perfect body doesn't actually change your life. doesn't make you happier. doesn't make you, the people in your life love you anymore. I had been like, I lost like over 45 pounds when I did my fitness competition because I gained 25 pounds in one month from binge eating. And so like most people don't know that stuff, but like Mm -hmm. my husband was my boyfriend at the time liked me more when I was like heavier because it was he liked me for me and so had nothing to do with right nothing to do with your body and so that was a huge eye-opener for me and it let me kind of let go of that like perfect ideal and thinking it mattered because it's like the people close to you don't actually care that much it's all in your head and so um that was huge for me and just because I'd gone through through that before I got pregnant when I gained the 65 pounds in pregnancy because I was like 140 hit 200 pounds I didn't care at all. Like, yeah, it didn't well, affect it, my mindset. It didn't mm-hmm. matter. I was like, oh, my God, I love this. Look at I'm pregnant. I showed it off a lot. Like, some people hide it. I love it. It's like, I'm obsessed with being pregnant. I love like, it, here too. I wore bump. all the skin right? tight and everything. I'm yeah. like, yes, this is my <laughs> bump. And, like, I just love it. And so um, I owned it. And then postpartum, too, again, I'd worked with enough people. I'd gone to school for, like, pre and postnatal. So I understood our body. And that it doesn't just bounce back. And it's not like those models on Instagram. And, like, do not compare yourself to them because their whole life and, like, how they're being paid is on how they look. So, of course, they need to, like, go quick. And you don't know what's going on behind the scenes to do that, right? I'd be willing to (laughs) bet you don't want to know because it's not healthy and it's scary. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Like, you don't want that. No. And so, like, just give yourself grace. And this is another thing I practiced was, like, don't look in the mirror. Don't stand in front of that mirror and nitpick and be like, oh, my God, I used to look like this. Like, yeah, no crap you did. You didn't have a freaking baby grow in you. So, like, yeah, I was real bulgy. Yeah, I looked pregnant a couple months postpartum. So what? Like, I had a baby. <laughs> so it's just letting it go and just knowing doesn't matter like and just give yourself time like I always tell people it took nine months and it's actually a true fact like it's probably going to take nine months for your body to start feeling normal at least I will share with you guys that that was very true for me yeah I felt like I didn't start to feel and with breastfeeding there's still a lot of like hormonal changes Mm -hmm. I think that people need to understand this too yeah so there's still certain things going on in your body like the relaxing like these things Mm -hmm. like I really felt like I mean also you're exhausted but I really felt like I couldn't do the same things at the gym and I wasn't like expecting to but I would say now that I'm almost up to a year like my baby's almost a year I'm starting to feel like that level of strength come back so it does happen and now I feel like you know, like almost the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, okay, like most of my strength yeah. feels like it's back. Yeah. I can do pretty much the same things I mm-hmm. used to do. Um, so yeah, it, it, it I'm comes happy, back. but it takes, yes. yeah, that's Even like me, almost a year guys, right? a yeah. year. I was so strong during my pregnancy. And that's another thing I just want to mention. Like if you are fit and you work out all the time, you can continue doing that during your pregnancy, Yeah, which I think some people don't know that. So they stop and then they have they don't do anything while they're pregnant and then they gain way more weight than they should have and mm-hmm. they feel really crappy. Well, and then is, your cardio yes. strength and health. So for me, I changed what I yeah, did because totally. I was doing almost more like CrossFit style, yeah, yeah, yeah. almost working out. Yeah. So it was just not quite CrossFit, but very like intense. Yeah. Um, and so later in my pregnancy, yeah. that just didn't feel good. No, so exactly. I did. Right. I did other things. Right. And mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like I always tell people, listen to your body. Like I was squatting the heaviest I'd ever squatted at nine months pregnant. I felt great. You felt good. But with my second baby, about four months in, 
I mean, granted, I got pregnant four months postpartum, so, like, it was still very fresh, Mm -hmm. and I knew with that pregnancy I could not do nearly what I did. I, first of all, hadn't regained my strength from the first baby. I had two C-sections also, so, like... Well, like we just talked about it, it's taken me about a year to get some some of my strength back. Right. And so with that second baby, I couldn't do it. I just lifted really light. I only worked out about three days a week. It's all my body could take. And so it's again, just tuning in and listening to your body. Like if you're feeling amazing, it's not going to damage your baby. If you feel crappy and your vagina, like I always say, like if it feels like it's going to freaking break in half because it's so much pressure, don't Don't do do it. it. (laughs) Like, so it's just listen to your body. Your body knows. And I think that's again with the internet takes it away and it's like oh my gosh like I can't do anything and it's like no you can like you don't just have to mm-hmm. do prenatal yoga no if you're a crossfit person or flip side too don't compare to yes. the woman who is lifting yeah. you know crazy totally. heavy weights because yeah. you don't know what she's been doing before totally. so yeah if that wasn't you pre-baby do not start doing that when you're pregnant like <laughs> just that's not going to be safe in the hundos no <laughs> exactly oh my goodness so thinking about your parenting style mm. Who do you think has influenced you the most? Myself. (laughs) Just you. That's great. (laughs) No, because I think of my parents and I was like, you guys did a great job. But then even now when my mom will see how I'm parenting and she'll be like, I, she'll snap on Jackson and be like, no, like he doesn't get to whine, like stop it. And I'm so like, let him feel his feelings. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, he needs to feel his tantrum and just like, if he wants to walk away and then he wants to hug me cry let him hug me and cry I like let him cry it out it's okay and so I think that's the biggest difference is like I just I'm doing things how I feel and if I feel like I got to be stern with him I will be but a lot of the time like it'll happen when we're at family dinners and there's a whole bunch of people and he's way he's more, overwhelmed he's way more overwhelmed and so me yelling at him I just would never do that in front of people how does it feel as an adult to get yelled at in front of people right uh so, terrible right so I just don't operate the same way so I just kind of do what feels right and like if he wants to just cry and hug me because he's overwhelmed then I let him cry and hug me because he's overwhelmed yeah so again it's just listening to your instincts if I raise a brat I hope to god he won't turn into a brat I don't think he will but I'm like I don't know I just go with what I feel what feels good and when he's being a brat I'm gonna be stern yeah. When you need to, but yeah. not usually embarrassed in front of pe- people, no. right? Like whether they're one or two or three, they're still humans. And I just think it doesn't feel good when someone does that to you in front of people. So mm-hmm. I don't want to do it to him, even if he is a baby. And, but to just add to that, yeah. it doesn't feel good for us. No. And we are adults who have hopefully mm-hmm. learned a bit about regulating emotions. Mm-hmm. So I think we sometimes forget because they are so smart and so capable. Mm-hmm. We forget though that their emotional maturity yes is it's going to take some time right yeah so i think we i mean i do even sometimes you forget that it's like they're just children and they don't have that emotional maturity yet yeah yeah do you think any differently or does this cross Mm. your mind that you're raising like boys and their emotions um and how that kind of plays together so for me i think just through my experience with men and like partners I've had in the past and just I'm so into psychology without even reading about it I'm just so obsessed with like hmm where does that come from hmm what happened to you as a kid oh your parents are like that I see now you know like so I'm so I just observe that and I know that like female or male we all have the same emotions Mm -hmm. so why can men not express them and I think that's why I'm so huge on like if my boys want to cry they're gonna cry 
because I think it's been for so long just I don't know don't cry boys don't cry boys don't cry and then you have all these men who struggle with expressing their emotions I wonder why I know and they're like destroyed and then like all these women are like oh my gosh why don't you have any feelings and then they go do all this stuff that's just like I don't know I just think it's created um a bunch of generational generations of men really that like don't know how to express emotion and just bottle it up and if you're into that stuff you know that if you bottle up emotion it ends up coming out in disease and so like for me it's just they're boys or they're girls feel your damn emotions like it's fine (laughs) like and I just never want to make them feel like they can't express their emotions yeah I think I have definitely thought about it in that context of like similar to you where I have had experiences yeah dating yeah in the past even in current relationship where it's like there has been a lot of like work that's had to be done totally just to get to a place where I feel like we can express our emotions to each other right and so again boy or girl I don't really care about that but I have noticed Mm -hmm. that a lot of the you know grown-up men in my life have had trouble with that totally um, regulating emotions, totally. expressing emotions. And so I'm definitely very aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm still figuring it out, but mm-hmm. I, one thing I do do, which sounds similar and he, my kid's like not even one, but even if he is mm-hmm. like very upset, mm-hmm. I'm just like, what's wrong? Like mm-hmm. I'm quite soft as yeah. opposed to being like, Stern. yes. Think, and it's yeah. insane. People with boys will probably all attest to this. Yeah. You hear others being like, Oh, suck it up. Or like, yeah oh, your kid needs to suck it up. When they're, like, tiny. Yeah. And I'm like, like they're a baby. No. So just imagine how that's going to play out as they get yeah, older. Totally. And so I'm just trying to, like, get a bit of a handle on it. Yeah. And how the best way I can right. help him to, like, right. express emotions. Just don't treat them as a male or female. No. Like, just treat them as they are. And even with my two boys, they're so different. Like, completely different. And you can already see it. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised with Maddox because, like, he came trying to bust out of me eight weeks early. So, like, he's stubborn and when he wants me, he wants it now. And he's very much like that, even right now. Like, you don't go to him right away. Yeah! Like, what's he's so not happy. Psycho. Oh, my God. And it's like, okay, chill. Like, he has absolutely no patience and no chill. And But Daxon was, like, just, he's always been pretty, like, calm and patient. And they're both very high emotion and like sensitive so if another baby's crying they freak out and it makes them panic and so even in the child mining they notice that they're like oh if another kid's crying like they get so emotional and are like oh oh like they just freak out and so little little baby empathy totally they're total empaths and it's like so just understanding that and I think as parents also knowing if you aren't on a level of understanding emotion like that do the work yourself so that you can better help your kids because I think so often that's what I've seen again, like through, I'm a total personal growth junkie and like I used to hear people say that, I'm like, okay, like, what a nerd. No, but it's, it's true. so important for you. And then when you have that emotional awareness on yourself, you can better react and like not react based on your own triggers to your kids. It's like, okay, that's an old trigger for me. So I'm going to just woosah myself for a second and then deal with it for them. So it's just being really aware so that mm-hmm. you can help them. Absolutely. Yeah. I was reading something the other day that said, like, parenthood will basically, I'm going to word this wrong, but it's something to the mm-hmm. effect of, like, parenthood will, like, put a mirror up yes. to all those things, like, yeah. all those triggers, yeah. and they'll keep forcing you to learn the lessons yeah. until you learn yeah. them. So yeah. I always, kind of to your point, mm-hmm. I'd prefer to learn those, 
you know, myself as opposed to like through my children. Right. If I can. When it comes help to it. surface itself and it's like, why are you like this? It's like, well, <laughs> it's from you. But totally. <laughs> and with the emotion yeah. side of things, I have realized it with some reflection that um, I wasn't really encouraged to express what I, what I would perceive as more negative emotions. Like mm-hmm. if I was really sad, it was wasn't really I don't want to say it wasn't allowed but it wasn't really encouraged it was kind of like okay you're sad like it's okay now let's move on right so it was um a bit brushed aside so it's crazy because at first I found myself again like wanting to be like do that oh you're okay let's do this let's distract and now I'm like no like it is okay if he's sad it's it's okay yeah like it's not the end of the world and we'll work through it together at this point and move on Totally. But it is crazy, and if you oh, yeah. if you don't take that time to reflect, yeah. I can just see how that plays out, yeah. and that's not nice. Well, it's just like the generations of stuff that'll keep coming up until you break the cycle, right? Like abuse in families. Like until you do the work to break that cycle, it's going to keep happening. I know the generational right? trauma thing yes. is actually insane. I've started to learn more about yeah. it, and I remember thinking because this is way out of my realm of knowing. Yeah, but I remember thinking like. How is it that there's these families who always grow up without a father and are always in like mm-hmm. terrible relationships, mm-hmm. maybe abusive, etc. Yeah. And I, then I started to really understand that like, oh my God, it's like partly ingrained yeah. in you yeah. and in you your DNA, it. basically. You it's it crazy. Out. Yeah. Unless you've done the work to get out mm-hmm. of it, right? Yeah, yes, totally. Fascinating. So with your second baby, yeah. switching gears a bit, um, I wanted to talk to you about what your experience was like because your baby was born at was it 32 weeks Mm -hmm. yeah so carly's second baby Mm -hmm. um was born at 32 weeks so Mm -hmm. how did that happen so how did you kind of go into labor was it and yeah what was that experience like so i was in labor for like four days we were on a walk Mm -hmm. and i was like i think i'm in labor and my husband's like what and i'm like and i like i could feel it but i never went into labor with my first because it was a scheduled c-section because he was super breech i tried to like turn him i did all the acupuncture i did everything and he wouldn't turn so he was a scheduled oh so you didn't have contractions so i didn't know what it was like (gasps) yeah so at 32 weeks i'm like oh weird this is weird and i'm thinking but it's fine like it's probably braxton hicks everyone talks about braxton hicks and i even went on my instagram i was like i feel like i'm in labor haha and everyone's like it's just braxton hicks it's fine whatever and so i'm like okay kept going throughout the day and I'm like okay this is really like kind of happening at the same time and so we went into the hospital they're like you're fine go home it's like nothing's happening and I'm like okay two times went to the hospital they sent me home they told me there was nothing they could do and then um all of a sudden I went in again because it's like every minute now and I'm like on the floor my husband's like you sound like a dying animal if we're going that's labor yeah welcome (laughs) and he's like okay we're going back to the hospital and so we go in and they're like, oh, wow, you're four centimeters dilated. I'm like, wow, I've been here two times and like three days later and you're telling me. And then it's a huge rush, right? And it's like, oh my gosh, she's in preterm labor. Like, so it was scheduling me and like getting all these IVs in me in case I needed a C-section, in case I needed this, and in case the baby came. And it was just crazy and such a whirlwind. And then they just tracked me the whole time, though. Like, they don't let you sleep. They're like monitoring the heart rate, making sure that the baby's okay, which is amazing, right? That the nurse just stayed by my side the whole time. Um, but gave me this medication to stop contractions. It just slowed it down. Anyways, went into preterm labor, had the baby. Um, baby was fine. Totally healthy. It happened really fast. Again, here, I feel like we got bullied into C-sections. Um, so I was totally bullied into one, even though that baby was coming. And then it was like, 
scary to be like, no, I'm not having one because he was preemie. If he was yeah. more term, I totally would have been like, screw you, this thing's coming out of me. Yeah. Um, but because I was, again, 11 months from last C-section, so it's very like a gray area here. We yeah. don't really do them. So I just, the first doctor said it was fine. I could be back. And then the other one's like, no. And so whatever. I went in and had another C-section and baby was fine, but it was a lot like juggling at a one-year-old who was still co-sleeping and breastfeeding. So to be at the hospital, it was just... So how did that work? Did he come there? He would be there. And then luckily we had the Ronald McDonald house. So like we'd let him play there. And then it was, I didn't stay at the hospital though at night. I'd come home. Okay. Because he would nurse all night long. So it was like really hard for me to go stay at the hospital. And the nurses were like, we're taking care of him. So it's okay. Like go home. You know, he's safe here. And he was so calm. Like he was such a calm baby. (laughs) We always called him in the beginning. And then he became like closer to term, and we're like, "Oh, this, <laughs> what this is, is this? what he's like. <laughs> Why is he crying?" Um, <laughs> he was still in his sleeping yeah, mode. Yeah, because he was mm-hmm. supposed to be my belly. So he mm-hmm. was so amazing. And then he became this like, You're like "Oh, this is who you are." Reckoned with it was like, "Oh my gosh," but um, it was just it was really interesting. And like I think now a year later, I'm starting to like realize how again, like you said, that brushing aside stuff. I just did that to cope. And then it all but was you like, had to right at yeah. that point. Right, I had to to get through it and mm-hmm. not be an emotional wreck because it would have been like I'm leaving my baby and like I could have focused on all of that. Right, like I have to leave my baby and oh my god, he's all alone. And I didn't let myself because I was like, this is the best possible thing for our current situation and no, it's not ideal, but he'll be home soon enough. And then um, I and would like spend all the day acceptance there. Right. of like this is where we're at. Right. Yeah. And so. I'd spend all day at the NICU, go home at night to sleep, and then be back there all day. And so I was, like, pumping around the clock to make sure he had breast milk. Um, and then still breastfeeding yeah. Daxon, Which right? was great. Like, some people are like, oh, it's going to be so hard. I'm like, uh-uh. He would empty me when I didn't feel like pumping. It was amazing being able to. Oh, and I'm good. still breastfeeding both. And it's, I find it easy. So, I mean, it's not easy in the beginning, of course. Any breastfeeding during is freaking tough. And I think... Um, I'm just happy I pushed through because now I find it easy. Yeah. So. And good. Worth it. Good yeah. for you. But the journey is interesting, to say the least. Yeah. And so yeah. do you feel like some of the emotions are, like, catching up with you now? Yeah. So, like, I didn't attach to Maddox nearly the same, like, my preemie one, as I did the other one. And I think it's you... I mean, I separated him for over 12 hours. So it's like they took him, put him in the NICU. I had just had surgery. So they put me in the room. I couldn't move. They're not going to wheel me in on a bed. So you have to mm-hmm. wait till you can get out of bed and get in a wheelchair. Um, and so I think adrenaline was definitely kicking in because I was like walking and moving right after my surgery, which is like, again, for recovery, not good. And so um, then it hit me like three days later and I was like, oh, I'm real sore because the drugs had worn off. Obviously. And you had been doing probably too yeah, much. Way too much. Yeah. Um, and so it was just, I think it totally impacted it. And then again, that's why I'm so obsessed with women. Just like take your power back and just parent based on what you feel because I think when you take in too much it makes you feel kind of incompetent and just your confidence goes down in parenting and so that happened with the medical I mean I'm so thankful for everything they did but right certain nurses that would kind of just snappy and then you feel like this is my baby but it's not because you know what you're doing and I don't and it's just a very weird thing yeah to have them telling you and then they have all these wires and all these things and there's all these monitors attached to them and so it was just very different to navigate and I do think it affected my bonding with them totally because I detached because it was you go in a NICU and you hear the things that are happening and you 
don't even want to attach yourself in case they die, basically. So it's pretty... Yeah, to be so... It is. It's grim yeah. to say, but yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. Like, so you and detach. even at 32 weeks, yeah. not every baby no. survives. No. I hate to say it, right? Most do. 99%. 99. Okay. Once they're 32 weeks. 32. So good I think timing. Like, I think 98% or 99%. So it's pretty much the same as a full-term baby. Yeah. But there's still yeah. other struggles. Oh, and you totally. don't know if there's going to be, you know... And it could come up later. Yeah. Or any problems with, like, certain yeah. development breathing. things, yeah. breathing. Yeah. yeah. So it's... It's very weird and scary, and so you just... That was the best way to cope, was to detach. And so then it's been trying to play catch-up of, like, oh, I hope I bond with him the same way at some point. Obviously, I love him, but it's not the same. And people will say that, like, oh, you love your babies equally. I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's taken me a really long time to care about the small one the same way I do my older one. And that's just the truth. Like, well, that's okay. And I know it'll come eventually, and I'm like... I can feel it. Like, I care about him so much more now. But in the beginning, like, he would cry and I'd be like, ugh, like, I didn't care. Like, I would You were, like, almost him. annoyed. Yeah. Like, I didn't have the same response I did to my first. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, okay, I need to start working on this because this could go really bad. Yeah. And then it eventually came around. But it was mm-hmm. just being aware of your emotions, right? Yeah. And, like, not being ashamed of it. No. And I think even I experienced some of that feeling. That's why I was like, oh, were you annoyed? Where, like... Yeah. And that was my first and only baby right um but i think the stress of certain things Mm -hmm. whether it's for you it's like a crazy stress of like the NICU Mm -hmm. it does affect like how your emotions are with Mm -hmm. your baby and so for me it was just kind of navigating being a new mom for some of the months it was just hard Mm -hmm. for me Mm -hmm. just new hard yeah way harder than i expected right um and i remember having those feelings where i'm like oh my god like, yeah. can you just not? Yeah. And like I think 10 that's minutes. Normal. It, a bit that, of that is normal, yeah, though. Totally. Yeah. Like, when they're and you just didn't time. experience it maybe with your first. No. So I you're probably so... like, what is this? But yeah. I experienced that, and I didn't have a right. the crazy stress of the NICU, and I still experienced that. Right. So I think it's like, it is yeah. a bit normal. Totally. Yeah. Really? But you were probably confused. Like, what is this? Yeah, I never... <laughs> oh, my gosh. I never felt it with my first. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. So it was different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so how far apart are they? 11 months. 11, 11 months, months, three weeks. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. So like within a year. Yeah. That is wild. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now, as I mentioned to you guys, my baby's like almost a year, and I've just now been like, hmm, would I be interested in another baby, like, maybe in another year? Like, yeah, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm like, mm, we'll see. It's not bad. TBD. Honestly. I honestly don't think, people are always like, how do you do it? And I'm like... I think it's fine. I think you just do, though. You just handle it. You just do. Mom. And yeah. here's the flip side of it. And me and my partner have been talking about this. Like, would yeah. you want to get a big gap in between your kids or not? And I I always say for me, not really yeah. a bigger gap because I always think of things like this. Imagine you're like, you know, in mm-hmm. a few years, you'll be like fully done with diapers. Yeah. You won't have to see one again. Yeah. If you like have your kids kind of closer. Yeah. But can you imagine if you have one who's like already in like school? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're back to diapers. I'd yeah. be like, well, this is not cool. Yeah. So I think there's like, there's I think pros there's pros and cons. And, totally, totally pros to both sides. But I get the idea yeah. that, you know, it's kind of, you're kind of in it. This the is your life regardless. Cool watching them bond as babies together. Um, but I do think like anyone with like a two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old, and then they have a baby. Of course, they're so much more like, oh, we're like Jackson could care less about the baby. But that was also <laughs> amazing at first because I could nurse him all day and my other one didn't care. He wasn't paying attention. Doing his like, thing. Or the jealousy, all those things weren't there. Yeah. So 
there's definitely there's pros and cons to both totally so i wanted to switch gears here into talking a bit about your business and so can share with everyone so how did you get started in arbonne and what were you doing before so um pre arbonne's like i did corporate nine to five hated it hated my life so i was like how do i get out of this and so my passion was always fitness nutrition loved it and so i got certified went to school to do that full time and then started my own business with it um and i loved it but super time consuming anyone who owns their own business it's a lot and then I got pregnant and had a baby and I was like oh so I can't sit on my computer and work all day hmm what am I gonna do and so luckily I could still claim mat leave with my first um but again babies within a year you can't claim mat leave two times in a row if you haven't gone back to work full-time so I couldn't claim mat leave with the second and I was like I really don't want to go back to like my personal training business full-time because it's just a lot, and I didn't want to leave my baby. Didn't still, fit with what you no. wanted for your lifestyle, right? He was right? still little, and I couldn't imagine going back full-time. And so um, my friend had told me about Arbonne. It took me, like, nine months to even... I, like, listened to her as a favor because I was not interested. And then <laughs> um, as my mat leave was ending, I became like, oh, shoot. Like, I was what watching her succeed, and I was like, I'm like, I don't want to do this, but I guess like I'll, I'll hear her out again and like kind of give it a shot. And then I just tried the products because that was another thing. Like I built a social media following where like people trusted me. I wasn't about to like join something that I couldn't believe in and like didn't want to talk about. Cause like I turned down brand deals all the time. It feels so inauthentic, right? It feels so icky. Ew. I was just like, I can't do it. No, No. same. And so I'd ordered a bunch of stuff and I was like, okay, if I like this stuff, I'll start a business. And if I hate it, I'm sending it all back. And then um, obviously I fell in love with everything and it just, their beliefs really aligned with what I was already teaching people in nutrition. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of combined the two, um, and now basically only do our mom, but it's still, you run your own business, but it's a little bit less intensive of just being you running your own personal business. Yes. So it's, it gives you the same, um, like you're running a business and I feel it's another thing. Like I was stay at home mom for almost a year not really working and it was amazing but I was losing myself like that drive because I'm very driven I'm very like I need to accomplish things every day for me it gives me purpose and it makes me feel good and so our one was able to give that back to me totally being able to utilize that um but to still be home full-time because that's what I wanted was to still be home some Mm -hmm. moms don't want that but have a flexibility totally right of like if you feel like you want to spend a lot of time with your kids this day you can you can yeah yeah so I totally get that yeah that's really cool and then yeah it was just and knowing that like if I don't want to spend time and I need a break like I have so many events that I can do to get out of the house and so it just gave me that flexibility totally yeah that's awesome yeah what is your someone asked this so I gotta make sure I ask it what is your favorite like all-time favorite product from Arbonne there's so many I'm sure but they're freaking protein powder (laughs) like I mean I'm like I'm not I use skincare makeup whatever but like nutrition is my jam that's so hard there's so many but like the, the protein. protein because most protein powders that are vegan taste like garbage. I know they're, they're really bad. And they're like gritty and the nasty. gritty is the yeah. one that I can't do. And they with. stink. They smell like dirt. I'm like, it smells like the earth. Like you know it's plant based because it smells like the earth. Um, and so for me that was like the product that I was like, oh, okay, I'm willing to try other stuff because this is legit. And so for me, yeah, like I make protein pudding every day. I I'm know, so, right? If you guys so follow addicted. Carly, she. <laughs> Like every day. It's protein pudding is my life. Her protein pudding. A little granola on top sometimes. I'm such a sweets junkie though. So it lets me have my sweets and just like 
a more filling, healthier way. Yeah. So that, totally. Yeah. That would be your goat. If someone asked your favorite, that's your goat. Yeah. Depends what realm, right? There's totally. So I know. And there's it, there's so many. Their night cream is amazing. And their digestion plus because it totally helps my gut. I used to have really bad gut issues. So like that helps me a lot. Um, but there's a lot. So yeah. I can keep going forever. Yeah. <laughs> but those are some of your faves. Yeah, that's awesome. Sure. All right. Well, I want to say thank you so much yeah. for um, taking the time to talk to yeah. me. It was so nice to sit down and chat with you. And yeah. I think people will get a lot of value from all the things we talked about. So thank you. Thank you. I and like we could talk forever. <laughs> I know. I was like, we could probably go for another hour. Um, and if people want to find you, um, where's the best place? Instagram. Okay. I reply and to every message. So it's just my name. I don't okay. know. You can put it in your show notes. I will. Pension. That's it. I will. Okay. That's the best place. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So last two questions here yeah. to wrap up. Thinking over the past, you know, couple weeks, mm-hmm. what was your biggest win? Like mom win. And what was your biggest mom fail? So mom fail. I didn't do it. It's my husband's fault. But <laughs> I've done it. Well, it wasn't really my fault. Anyways, Maddox sleeps on our bed. Okay. He's fallen off the bed three times. <laughs> okay. So, oh my gosh, like two, a week ago it happened again. So the first time he fell off the bed, he fell flat on his face and had a bleeding nose. So I was like, oh. and our bed's pretty freaking high. So, so did you like, hear right away? Oh yeah. You hear it. Oh, and then I <laughs> felt like garbage and then it happened two more times. Okay. So that's like the biggest fail, but it's because my husband, I'm like, you need to put pillows on the side. And then he didn't put pillows on the one side, but he's a rolling machine. And so he fell on the other side. But I'm like, that's kind of my fault too, because like I usually check and I didn't. So, so we're calling More out his fault, calling but, out dad, but oh, Dan right yeah, now. Totally. <laughs> totally his fault, and he knows it. He felt so bad because he was just screaming. And then mom went, poor little baby. If I can ever get them to sleep on my own, because like my husband didn't used to be home, so it was just me by myself. And so like now he's usually around and can help tackle like bedtime nap time. Um, but the other day I had to do it alone and I did it without too much screaming. So like Nailed that it. was a major win. We take those wins. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> the sleeping word. Always. Always. And with two, like, I yeah. don't know. That's a lot. Both, yeah. And awesome. Nurse and all that stuff. So Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much, Carly. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. If you liked our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.